surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Barcy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast we're aware of which basks in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilanteism, which is Batman 66. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. Today, we are watching season two, episode 25, Come Back, Shame, directed by Oscar Rudolph and written by returning genius Stanley Ralph Ross. This episode originally aired November 30th, 1966, and features guest villain Shame, as played by Cliff Robertson, who anyone who wasn't alive in the 60s will know as Uncle Ben in Spider-Man movies. In our one-sentence Wikipedia summary says, Shame plans to build a powerful truck engine to help him outwit the Batmobile. Pretty sure you can just do that by being a person since it's a car, but that's his plot. Yeah, I think outwit was the wrong choice of words for that one sentence <laughs> Wikipedia summary. If only I can out emote that, it, that animated <laughs> right. car. I'm going to build a truck that'll outthink that car. This isn't Knight Rider. You're 20 <laughs> years too early. Yeah, my truck has feelings. Yours doesn't. <laughs> And mine's a basket case. I win. <laughs> this was a yeah. delightfully weird episode. It was weird, but I liked it. Yeah, for sure. It was interesting. The Some episode... weird, weird choices. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I love that it was Uncle Ben, too, because you just know, you know, you're waving that gun around. Someone's going to shoot you one day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really love when the Batman show... It hasn't done it often this season, sometimes, but we did it more in season one when they do things where I'm like, I never, ever would have thought to go that direction. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were, uh, they were creative back then for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode opens up at the Gotham City 100, uh, the big race. Uh, so there's stock footage. Of a, footage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's stock footage of a race happening, which is nice. At least it's not painted. Yeah, you know, but it's but it's all about racing. Uh, Grimaldi Smith is the Gotham City race car driver here in amongst the international field of racers. But he pulls in. He's a good six minutes ahead of everyone else, so he pulls in for a pit stop uh, and gets out of the car for some reason. Because I guess you got six minutes. Why not stretch your legs and? When it's nice... six minutes ahead, why not just pull a tortoise in the hair and get out and lay on the track and tap your fingers? Yeah. Yeah, you don't usually see them get out during a pit stop, but whatever. So he gets out, I guess, while they're refueling his car. Uh, he gets a nice big glass bottle of water there to cool himself off. Yeah, it's the size you know, of his arm. It's freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like one of them old-timey moonshine, like, 3X jugs, but it's a clear yeah. jug of water. 
like a like a growler. So he hoists that up and he's got it held to his face to cool himself off. Next thing you know, there's a gun in his mug. And as yeah, the scene pans out, gun. yeah, a revolver. And as the scene pans out, there's a cowboy holding a gun to his face. And he says, you make one false move and you got another mouth where your nose used to be. Um, I spent way too much time thinking about this afterwards. I, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think making a face hole bigger makes it another mouth, you know? I was yeah. like, you know, what makes it a mouth? It is connected, I guess, or to the to your mouth tube. But it doesn't have teeth He's or a tongue or anything. looking at me out of his sea and mouths. Yeah. Yeah, I, I spent way too much time thinking about that. I was confused. It's like, it's not a... I'm going to make your head holes bigger or whatever, but I'm not, you know, it doesn't qualify as a mouth. I was Strike just delighted there was a sudden cowboy. And then I was adult delighted and also horrified. The, the, then there was the next, the only black man we've seen this season next to him. And I was like, whoa, two unusual yeah. things. Yeah, so he uh, he climbs in the car. He's got goons here, too, that have guns. I didn't even notice the goons and the lady goon uh, with their guns drawn, too, holding all these people hostage. It took me a minute to notice them. So See, I didn't... It took a minute to notice them, but then I, then I was very aware of them because the whole thing is he's stealing this race car, but then all of his goons sit on the race car, and one of them's a big fat guy, and then he has to drive off slowly so that the guns don't fall off. Usually yeah. when you carjack someone, you speed away. Yeah. And it's on a racetrack. Where are you gonna go? Yeah. So I'm gonna chase you're gonna chase me around in circles. But they steal the car. And yeah, the goons climbing on like it was a chuck wagon or something. I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. Maybe it's like how Superman can fly backwards through time if he goes really fast. Maybe they'll fly forward in time and escape if they drive really, really slowly. They should have had the black scientist dude say that, but say it with like clear disassociation in his eyes because he knew how stupid that was. Oh, see, you thought he looked like a scientist too. That's fun. Uh, yeah. Before he, yeah, he he was a member of the pit crew and he's car- he's credited as pit man. But, but he looks a like black- a scientist. He did look like a scientist and he sounded like a scientist and he reminded me of like an actor that I recognized. Uh, so I looked him up after uh, his name is uh, Breland Rice. And no, I he I was thinking of somebody else that was not him. He kind of reminded me of like Clarence Gilliard Jr., you know, like Sundown and Top Gun. Yeah. He was Matlock's uh, yeah. assistant. Yeah, he was his investigator in some seasons of Matlock. That's who he reminded me of, I think. He did look like a scientist, but he was just a member of the pit crew, but a member of the pit crew with lines. So that was cool. In style. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He looked super cool and like he knew what he was talking about. Like if, if <laughs> Alfred was putting together a team, uh, it's going to be Alfred and this guy, and then the, the kid from later on in the show, who is my absolute favorite. Um, before he drives the car away with his goons sitting on it, he throws him one platinum bullet out of his gun. He takes a bullet out of his gun and tosses it to the race car driver and then drives off. Yeah, which was weird. I mean, I was like, okay, that's like his that's like his signature thing. It's like, you can yeah. tell him Shane was here. But then they say later on, platinum's really rare. So how much <laughs> did he just squander handing that guy a bullet for no reason? Yeah, well, and this is like a take on you know the lone ranger had silver bullets or whatever you know that was like his calling card so i assume this is just trying to two up him 
Uh, I say two up instead of one up because I assume it goes silver, gold, platinum in my brain in the ranking of precious metals. Um, yeah. That's how records like, work. Yeah. He's like, it's a platinum, it's a platinum bullet. And then it cuts to O'Hara and Gordon in the office talking about it. Oh, no doubt about it, Chief O'Hara. It's got to be shame. Nobody else uses platinum bullets. But that's his calling yeah, card. Yeah, he's been a long time, like, propping each other up about how if this was a minor traffic violation, or maybe someone had jaywalked or done something else in the street that's barely a crime, maybe if they didn't slow down at an orange light, we could handle it. They really well, spent a lot of time, like, specifying what they could handle. It, it's even better, though, because so there were two other car robberies earlier in the day, or two other robberies involving, like, auto theft earlier in the day. And they're like, yeah, we just thought those were, those first two were normal ones, so we were just going to ignore those. But it Naturally, looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> we we're just going to ignore those because we thought they were petty crimes. But now that they're tied to a super criminal, there's a, but one thing we can do: let's call in the bat. <laughs> now that they're was tied funny. to a guy with a gimmick, let's call in Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I just thought it was funny because they're like, yeah, we were going to handle those ones ourselves. But I took that to mean we were just going to pretend that didn't happen and ignore it. O'Hara's like, and when were we going to handle it, Commissioner? And Commissioner Gordon's like, I'll do it this afternoon. Yeah, I'm busy. Go water your wife, the potted plant. <laughs> so uh, they pick up the phone. So next scene is in Wayne Manor. Uh, Bruce and Dick are racing them uh, slot cars or whatever you call them around the track. You know, the little you, you squeeze the handle to control the speed of your little car zipping around the track. And zip is a wrong word for these cars because Bruce wants them to move slowly. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Dick can't figure it out. He's Bruce is really smug about beating him like five times in a row, but he's like, oh, it's not whether you win or lose, chum. It's how you play the game. And Dick's like, it's easy so, for you to say because you win all the time. And you were, you're a trust fund baby. I'm, I'm a circus orphan. Um, <clears throat> there's an episode in season one where... Bruce has like this gigantic model train and they're just delighted by it. And at the time I thought, doesn't Batman see enough excitement in his life that this wouldn't be really that thrilling, but they've downscaled that here dramatically to now it's like a track with like a single loop and the cars go really slowly. And yet still Dick is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bruce even tells him, he's like, Hey, the secret is to go a little slower around the corner so you don't fly off the track. That's the trick here. That's that's the trick. You're not driving the Batmobile until you start doing that. Yeah. Uh, But Dick can't go slower uh, because he's insane. (laughs) He's just like, squeeze the handle as hard as I can. And then he just flies off the track every single time. Somehow the stock car bursts into flame. (laughs) Alfred comes in here with with a sneaky little clue about going to get the phone. So they're like, here, Aunt Harriet, you play with the cars. And then they leave her to, like, figure out how race cars work, I guess. I'm not really sure. After they had it in, in a long, like, involved discussion about it, Aunt Harriet stands there and is just puzzled. She's like, electricity, oh! Yeah, she wasn't really paying attention, obviously. <laughs> she just so, zones out completely. She's yeah, thinking uh, about cookies. She's like, oh, I like <laughs> the time with the little frosting on top. Or she's... Oh, she's they're nice. She's mentally planning out what lingerie she's going to buy later. In a yeah, disturbing that was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they pick up the bat phone. Bruce grabs the phone. He's like, hello, Commissioner. 
car thefts. Well, your men should be able to ignore those. Oh, oh, it's shame. Okay, to the bat balls. Like that was another <laughs> like, your men should be able to handle slash ignore some petty car thefts. Bruce is like, that sounds like a problem for the poors. What's that? You say it was some sort of clown, man. I'll be there soon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we get the opening. They're in Commissioner Gordon's office. They're talking about shame here, about all his flair and bravado. They give him some fun nicknames about hornswoggling and flimflamming and whatever else. Yeah. They, they, they basically discuss- like do that thing where you just use 1820s words and it's funny because they sound stupid. You're like, yeah. oh, he hornswoggled the First National Bank out of its, you know, whatever the old timey word is for coins or something like it's yeah. a, it, the whole bit is based on old words sound stupid. Basically. Um, turns out all the cars that were stolen have already been recovered. They took one item from each car. That's what they were just like, like much with chop shop, but only took one, one item. So they took a 28 barrel carburetor from the race car. They took custom alloy go-kart pistons from a stolen go-kart. One of the vehicles they stole was a go-kart. Yeah. If you can imagine. And then milk oh, heads. Some fox derby racer. <laughs> yeah, basically. And the milled heads from the hot rod that was stolen. Also, we recovered this platinum bullet. Well, platinum's not easy to come by these days. Let's analyze it on the precious metals analyzer. And Batman says, Vominos. And this is several years before Dora the Explorer. So congratulations, Batman, for breaking new ground on television. Uh, he says, Vominos. And Robin says, right, amigo. And then they run away. <laughs> Only to almost knock down the representative from the Hispanic People's Anti-Defamation <laughs> League coming in to talk to Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Batman's Vominos like, excuse and- mio. And the guy's like, oh, <laughs> that's fantastic he was he was there to talk about when that jose jimenez guy was on in the window earlier this season yeah we got You've a real problem real with monsters that. in your city recently commissioner <laughs> can you explain that yeah. uh so now we're in western land this is the hideout for the goons this is western land the deserted bankrupt movie studio in gotham city because everything in Gotham City is abandoned and bankrupt. <laughs> I think this is the second abandoned. Yeah, it is because False Face. His he also had like thing. yeah, is that another another abandoned film studio? <laughs> well, and what else was that scene from? That was from another show too. Was it from like Andy Griffith or something? They used that. Yeah, that? the False Face one was was an Andy Griffith set, I think. Yeah. So we're in the saloon here because, of course, that's where your hideout's going to be. And he's got a he's sitting there sharpening an axe on a like a grinding wheel or a sharpening wheel, but he's using whiskey to sharpen the axe instead of water. And I was like, this is I don't know what this is all about, but it's cool. I like that. Yeah, and they're all like actively drinking and yelling at each other. And I was like, I like that I'm both entertained and uncomfortable by the raging alcoholism between Shane and his game. That made me feel at home. It's bordering, on, it's bordering on it's always sunny in Philadelphia level contempt for each other. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. His goons here, we've got Messy James. 
And we meet him because he's like, I'm going to have some of this tonsil varnish. Uh, so he's pouring himself three fingers of tonsil varnish, uh, a.k.a. whiskey. But he's just spilling it all over the place. He's like, I guess that's why they call me Messy James. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's the best thing I've seen in a long time. I was so excited. I'm together that. a crack band of gangsters. I need someone who can't manage basic motor skills. Yeah. Uh, he's standing there. I didn't catch his name during the show. Uh, but I, in the credits, it's Rip Snorting is another goon here. Rip Snorting. Fantastic. Now, this is something to note, and I'm going to do it here. Rip Snorting is played by John Mitchum, who is Robert Mitchum's brother. Oh, okay. He wrote, well, I didn't even write it down, and I didn't bring my iPad in here. He wrote, he wrote like, America and Why I Love Her. It's like a song, apparently, and then John Wayne recorded it. And it became very popular and people thought John Wayne like wrote it, but he was just covering a, a John Mitchum song or a spoken oh. word over music kind of deal. Yeah, I've uh, seen that video. John Wayne is very aggressive about why he loves America. Yeah, well, that was written by this gentleman. Uh, but most importantly, and the reason for saving it for last, uh, this, was, this will not be John Mitchum's only appearance in a Batman episode. Get ready for this, ladies and gentlemen. John Mitchum plays Hot Dog Harrigan in the surfing episode from Whence We Got Our Name. Fantastic. Season three. He's Hot Dog Harrigan. So there you go. A little bit of trivia there. Beautiful. Yeah. I was just going to say for our international listeners who may not be aware of America and why I love her or whatever. Um, imagine your, your worst caricature of American people and then... You know, that's going to be a hard jump, I know, but shoehorn John Wayne in there and have him yelling at you about why he loves rivers and stuff and then be all mad about how he doesn't understand why other people don't also love some land. And that's kind of what it is. It's like five minutes of that. That's fantastic. I'm going to look yeah. it up. Yeah. Now I want to see it. I don't think I, I, I feel like I'm familiar with the with it, but I haven't like I couldn't recite it word for word or anything. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone who's in, who's capable of holding on a job could, but um, it's like it's beyond nationalism. It's like full blown jingoism. It's like <laughs> I love our trees. Do you, hippie? If you don't love our trees, why don't you get the hell out? Basically, right. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last goon here, the lady is Oki Annie. Uh, she is sitting there playing the piano. And then she gets up to come check something out and uh, it's revealed to be a player piano. So she's going to be the victim of blackmail later on when her twin sister is going to... Uh... No, wait, that was yeah. that was Liberace. But same, it could be the same plot. Yeah, know. and she really spastically slaps at the player piano to make it look like she's playing piano. Yeah, it's she's fun. really into it. Yeah, it's great. She comes over to see what's going on. So we get some exposition here, but she's just like, holding the rifle under her arm, just pointing at everybody. She's not She's not very safe with that thing. That's no. not why we love and America. And you have to imagine she's also sloshed. Yeah. And then, uh, so it's revealed here during the, during the talking that there's obviously stealing all these engine parts to build a, an engine to make his truck go real, real fast so they can outrun the Batmobile. And he says, when we... He said, yeah, and also outwit it. 
He says, when we finish this truck, it'll go 300 miles per. And then uh, uh, Messy James says, per day? And he's like, no, per er. Like he says, hours. <laughs> per, per er. 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 <laughs> it was so great. Uh, and then he's going to, uh, he almost kisses his lady goon here, which was like, hey, you don't see that too often. Yeah. So they're like real Wasn't close. Wasn't a happy car does Messy James drive that it impresses him that it can go 300 <laughs> miles a day? Uh, this car go- gets three, 300 hogsheads to a, 300 hectares to a hogshead, and that's the way he likes it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can go a half a block per every six hours. Yeah, 300 rods per hogshead. So, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I love it. So then he's about to kiss her, but they're interrupted. The saloon doors swing open, and you don't see anybody. And then the camera starts panning down. And I was very excited that he was also going to have a, a midget henchman. Because uh, <laughs> that went so well the first time. It was amazing yeah, the first it time. Was, it was so good. Uh, yeah, I loved that little dude. But then, no, it was a kid. And it was even better than I could have expected. It's like, a I don't even know. I didn't look up this kid. I don't know who plays him. I don't know anything about him. His name in the show is Andy Stevens. And he sure talks a good game. He bellies up to yeah. the bar and orders a, a rot gut or something. I don't remember. He's the he's the Pecos kid. And he was, he's man, I love this kid. He was so fantastic. Yeah, he orders like a really elaborate drink that demonstrates that he also comes from an alcoholic alcoholic setting at home. Yeah. Which is also evidenced by the fact that apparently his parents brought him on vacation or something to a bankrupt, <laughs> decrepit, abandoned home movie studio. <laughs> and then just left him to run around. Or... Well, fun, Timmy. Andy, whatever. Andy Stevens. This also could be the ghost of the elevator boy that was molested and murdered in Commissioner Gordon's headquarters. Oh, God. Is Batman going to abduct this kid, too? I don't know yet. We haven't got there. But he's a part of the gang now, it seems, because they seem to take a shine to him. They take his radio so they can listen. Uh, but that doesn't come on till later. Shane's like, we're going to call you Roy the boy. And he's like, my name is Andy, sir. And he's like, Andy the boy. It rhymes less that way, but whatever. Yeah. He's like, but he's like, no, I'm the Pecos kid. He's got his own name and everything. He's like, you'll call me what I tell you to call me. He's not afraid of these guys. He's <laughs> he like telling them what takes over the gang. Yeah. Yeah. He basically takes over the gang and he is, he's adorable. That little scamp. And unlike shame, he has two guns. So he's in charge now. Yeah. So now we're back in the bat cave. We've used the precious metals analyzer to analyze the precious metals. Turns out just an ordinary lead bullet. They just painted it platinum. So that's a dead end. My favorite part of this was Batman took it back to the Batcave to run it through the precious metals analyzer. And then when he wasn't satisfied with the results that science gave him, he resorted to the old method of just chew on it. So he was chewing on a lead bullet. Oh, that explains a lot. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, So they man because Batman is the world's greatest detective, he determines that they're stealing engine parts from these vehicles uh, maybe to build an engine. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Good thinking. So then Robin says, he probably wants to enter the big race and win a prize. Yeah, good thinking, chum. Nope, not really good thinking. That sounds pretty stupid. Um, yeah. 
That's a lot of effort to win a prize in a race. Yeah. No, why wouldn't he have just kept the race car then if he wanted to yeah. race a car? No. Obviously, that's stupid. So then they say, well, what other engine parts are there? There's only two, according to 1960s sitcom logic. So they need a new camshaft <laughs> and they need valve lifters. So Batman has a plan. He calls calls the radio station uh, where Hot Rod Jimmy or whatever is the DJ as Bruce Wayne. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you I got some cool new camshaft and valve lifters in my car. Tell all your listeners. So that was... Yeah. So whenever Bruce called, Batman calls the radio station as Bruce, I was like, they're going to cut to the DJ and he's going to be some cartoon character of a man. I knew that, and that's what happened, but he was also a really sad cartoon character. Yeah, he was sad. And it was it was bad, yeah. It was bad. Anyway, thankfully, uh, again, my pick for mayor for, of Gotham City, Andy Stevens, had a radio with him. So, <laughs> so Shane and his gang were able to hear this and think, hey, those are just the parts we need. Let's go rob them. We're going to keep your radio, young man. You hold down the fort or whatever. So they they, they cut off. back to the bar where Shame and Andy are. And Shame is entertaining this child in true Barney Five fashion by waving a loaded weapon around his face. <laughs> he's probably just mad. I think the kid probably beat him in an arm wrestling match or something. And now he's like, yeah, I, I just lost control of me gang. Yeah. I used to have a gang. And then Andy's like, you certainly did. And then I came, and Shane's like, I can't yeah. tell the difference between cowboy and pirate. <laughs> That's right. So then we get a brief scene at uh, at Wayne Manor here where Bruce and Dick are like, well, hopefully they fall for the bait. I think they're watching us right now. Let's go uh, boat our day here and see what happens. And so, their day takes the weirdest uh, fucking turn. It was awful, yeah. So next scene, they're in a lingerie store. They're both awkward and uncomfortable as you would expect a, a 1960s man to be in a woman's underwear store when such things were taboo, you know? Yeah, and, even Bruce Wayne, who's, you know, bedded God knows how many women. Yeah, including Harriet, probably. Including Harriet. She's his common-law wife in yeah. Liverpool. Mrs. Batman. So, mm -hmm. and I, I hate this. I really do. I don't like it when people are uncomfortable just saying words you know what i mean yeah so so they can't they're just uh it's need, grayson saying them so he of course is super weird about it like we need some kind of sexy fabric to cover a horror hole yeah yeah they can't say and they have a list they couldn't even just like show her on the list and point to the words if they couldn't say it but yeah. it was awkward and the, thankfully uh annie shows up with her guns strapped to her carrying a rifle just walking into the store. It's like, oh, I can help you out. And then she says, well, they, should, they need a white slip that's washable or something. It wasn't even anything too fancy. But again. Although they are there to get it for Aunt Harriet, which is weird. Yeah, you can't, you don't want to imagine her wearing it probably, but still, who gives a shit? You can't say yeah. that. I, I don't like it. It's like, well, I could never go buy my, my lady feminine hygiene products at the store. That'd be embarrassing. And I don't know. Although I do understand Bruce's point of being uncomfortable going to the lingerie store to buy some sexy lingerie for the old lady who lives in his house he's not related to. Oh, yeah. But at least you could say the words. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to be excited about it, but to act like, uh, oh God, I'll teach me, and act all weird. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> Dick is fan. weird about it because he's a sex criminal in the making. Yeah. Oh, he definitely is. And a political liability. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So thankfully, Annie helped out, though. She said the words, so they got got the package all wrapped up. She asks them for a ride. And they're like, sure, it's the least we could do. She gives Dick her rifle to carry. And That's off they mistake. go. Yeah. yeah. Next scene, the limo with them in it, or the car with them in it, is driving down the road. Uh, there's just a, it's some back road, some dingy little back yeah, it's road. A- it's like the epitome of a back road. Like, why did you go this way? Yeah. And they just get stopped. There's a cow in the road. So Bruce and, and Dick get out to, to move this cow off the road, and the cow ain't moving. The cow's like, yeah, you go to hell. Uh, all of a sudden, there's a holdup. So Shame and the other goons come out. She comes out. They hold them up. Like, yeah, we, we be stealing your car. Uh. And Dick's all mad. And Bruce is like, what? What are you talking about, chum? That was the plan all along. That's exactly what we wanted to happen. Dick's like, why don't you ever tell me these things? And Bruce is like, well, you're a political liability. Yeah. And also, I shouldn't have to tell you, because this is the most obvious plan ever. What are you talking about? <laughs> Use your you're brain. You're bad at everything, Dick. Yeah. Oh, Alfred is also there, I should mention, too. He was part of this holdup, because uh, he was obviously driving the car, because rich people don't drive themselves. Um, so once they've... Once they've driven away here, they have a little conversation again about this was the plan all along. Uh, he pulls out a little bat radio device. He's like, I've had the bat cycle following us at a distance the whole time. So the bat cycle will be here soon. It pulls up. He reaches in, unloads uh, the ALF cycle, which is making its second appearance, which I love, and just puts this bike together and Alfred jingles off into the distance. They're only about a mile away from the secret entrance to the bat cave. So Alfred takes away, uh, takes off here on his bike. Yeah. Then we, he's we like, get, well, I have actual important things to do. Goodbye. Yeah, I got to get out of here. This is stupid too. He's like, I've coated the, the tires on the car with special infrared dust so we can follow them, follow the tracks with the special uh, windshield on the Batmobile. And I was like, it doesn't seem like the most logical tracking device you could have used based on every other tracking technology you've ever used ever since the beginning of the show (laughs) it doesn't make any sense and sure yeah but anyway that's the plan and don't worry we won't be spotted we're we're less than a mile away from the bat cave so off we go i feel like on the batman tv show although he's not ever shown and it's not said it's kind of like how in batman begins Batman goes to like Lucius Fox and he's like, I'll take all this crap you designed for the military. They were never going to use because it's insane. And he already spent my money on it. I feel like that's what happens here. Is it's like, well, I went down to see Lucius Fox today and he had already made some kind of infrared tracking device and spent God knows how much on it. So for the sake of this not being a total wash, I'm going to use it for this caper. I guess. And that's basically it. Yeah. So then we cut to now we're in in the goons headquarters here and they're going about their goon business again, just chatting. And all of a sudden, Batman and Robin show up. And I was like, uh oh, they don't even have their shield out. All these guys have guns. That's like literally their whole gimmick. But then we get a little, hey, you might 
hit the engine parts. No guns. Are you going to like turn around where Batman and Robin are open fire at the engine? That was weird. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. They could have easily just shot them here, but instead, that's okay. Yeah. We outnumber them three and a half to two. Those are good odds. Well, and we got a sad guy. They do. Soon to be hot dog Harrigan. So no <laughs> guns. It's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Them large fighting words. During this saloon throwdown of a hoot nanny, we get boff, soft, splat, oof, zlot, wham, zam, crack, biff, zab, and zowie. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. This fight was most of the episode, I think. This was a long fight, yeah. and it was wonderful. It was your classic comedy western saloon brawl with people getting slid down the bar and kicked off the bar and jumped up from behind the bar and hit with bottles. They had all the tropes, and it was lovely. Yeah, it was nice. I liked it. It was a great fight. Lots of Robin, like Batman was getting attacked by two guys. Robin like runs off the end of the bar and jumps like his crazy flying tackle kick move was wonderful. There was some good stuff here. The fight ends when Annie grabs her gun (laughs) and shoots down the chandelier thing on top of Batman and Robin. And then they just come and finish him off with chairs. So Batman and Robin are unconscious on the ground. Uh, Our good friend Andy comes in. It's like, hey, did you guys hurt Batman and Robin? Uh, no, no, what are boss. What idiots no. up to now? Yeah, no, no, boss. That's that's not what happened. They're just acting. We're filming a movie or something. One of them TV shows. And he's like, oh, where's the well, camera? You better like, have what? Curly's boobs on full display or you're all going to be in trouble with me. Yes, sir, Andy, sir. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. And this kid, again, he's precocious. He's adorable. I wish they would have brought him in for season three to spice things up instead of Batgirl, you know? <laughs> Andy Stevens, mayor of Gotham City, is Batman's new sidekick. Yeah, get out of here, Robin. Or it could have been like a, a mini-me Scott Evil situation where Robin's jealous and like trying to get Batman's attention, but Andy's his favorite. All of that sounds so much better than like the... I keep seeing these things that are serving me on Facebook about Batman, and it's like modern batman apparently he has like 20 freaking sidekicks in the comics now and they all look like garbage this would have been so much better than that just replace all of them with andy stevens yeah andy stevens for mayor for sure so now it's the end here where it's the death trap they're just out in the out on the street or out in the whatever looks like the desert kind of but they're probably just on the abandoned bankrupt lot here tied down to stakes so there's little stakes in the ground with their hands and their feet and they're tied to them and the plan is they're going to make a make a stampede we're going to go over here and shoot our guns and you're going to get trampled by cows it's like ah first mufasa and now this what a way to die you know (laughs) andy stevens will come back once he learned once he's learned the tricks of the meerkat and take back over my kingdom (laughs) yeah probably now it looks like they could just easily just lift their arms and legs off these pegs you know they're not like tied down real good i feel like they could just stand up 
I feel like at least Messi James should have been gored by the cows when they start opening fire to scare they him should. off into the street. Yeah, they should have for sure. But they start the stampede, and that means it's this is the cliffhanger for this episode. It is. Have Batman and Robin at last bitten the dust? Is this the big casino? Are the dynamic duo heading for the last roundup? If you have the intestinal fortitude to learn the answer to these questions, tune in tomorrow. Shame time. Shame channel. You get it because shame. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It sounds like same, but it's the guy's name. It's a word. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so that's the villain. It. Yeah. That does it for the end of this one, though. It, it's, it's, again, it's not the best cliffhanger. You know what I mean? But it's it was a pretty solid episode. That was one of the longest, best fights we've seen this season, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of them fight words. It was a banger. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Me too. That was good. It was stupid and delightful, and I liked it. Well, you're going to have to like my TV. Stupid yes. and delightful. Stupid and delightful, just like me. Well, that <laughs> does it for this episode of Surf Kings of Gotham. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows. And slowly but surely, our show on shows.com. We have a website now. It has a post. It'll have more soon. Don't you dare Isn't miss it, it folks. Yeah. yeah. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir, King of Gotham.